Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. First stop in Idaho today in the Music of America podcast is in Pocatello, and we're going to talk with Chase Ricks, Chase Ricks Music. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting, and fun live music show to hit the scene in 50-plus years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for recognition and awards. Whether you are new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for that same song. Existing bands are featured performing iconic, legendary songs to display new and emerging local talent as well. All live patrons that are at the show participate by voting for their favorite musical combinations. It's all there at Flash Jam, coming to a market near you. Flashjam.com. Welcome to the show. And welcome to the show, Chase Ricks. You're in well, Pocatello. Hello. You're in Pocatello. Pocatello has come up so many times in this podcast, and I've never been to Idaho, so I had to ask you where it was. And it's kind of on your way to Boise. Is that a fair way of saying that? It can be on the way to Boise. It can be on the way to um, Montana. Like I said, it's right on a uh, it's um, right on a junction between two freeways. I got you. Okay. So yeah. I'm in Vermont right now. We have two highways here. I have 89 and 91. Those are the two highways we have here. So is Idaho the same way? You have two highways? We have two main ones. And then there's one way up in northern Idaho that goes through Coeur d'Alene, but it's completely separate from the other two. I got you. Okay. So what is Chase Rick's music? What? Uh, how would you define your musical style? I've never been able to put it into words until recently. And I just say I'm a singer-songwriter. I play on acoustic guitar. I play left-handed, so my strings are actually all the way upside down. Uh, if you've ever seen me on live or um, live video, you can see that. I also call it sad boy music sometimes, <laughs> but that's that's just um, that's just how I put it. Um, it sounds a lot dark. Of my songs. What, what I've listened to, it sounds dark, and not to the point when I want to go out and gargle razor blades, but it sounds pretty close. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, speaking of Southpaws, one of my best friends is a Southpaw guitar player, and he introduced me to a guy named Doyle Brammel. You know who Doyle Brammel is by any chance? I do not. Okay, so there was a, well, you, you're familiar with Stevie Ray Vaughan, and his band, yes. his band after Stevie's tragedy, uh, they split off and formed a band called the Archangels, and Doyle Brammel Jr. was the lead guitarist, and he played a, a standard Strat but he plays it upside down. So he learned his chord positions upside down. He plays a D the way we play a D. He'll play an A flat the way we play an A flat. He just plays it backwards because that's how he learned. He couldn't afford a left-handed guitar. And I think it was maybe Jimmy Vaughn gave him his first guitar, and that's how he learned how to play. But he, he didn't restring it. He just played it upside down and learned it that way. So Chase playing lefty, it's hard to find a good left-handed guitar. First of all, so you have to learn. I guess that's what you did. You learned to play it upside down, right? Yep, I am completely an upside down player. Um, I self-taught. Uh, right now, I cannot play a, a real left-handed guitar with the strings correct. 
No kidding. Um, I've I've tried. I cannot. I can't do it to save my life. So I can only play upside down. <laughs> How long have you been playing? I've been playing. Let's see. I am currently twenty-two years old, and <laughs> I'd say I started. I started playing when I was like twelve, but I seriously started playing more when I was about fourteen. Uh huh. In taking it a little more seriously, actually addressing rhythm patterns and chord patterns and things like that, you mean? Yes. Uh, Instead of uh, strumming chords and saying I could play. <laughs> right, right. So who'd you cut your teeth on? <laughs> who'd you start learning? Like when, when you first start playing a guitar, what, who did you learn from? Like what music did you listen to and say, I want to learn that song, I want to learn this song, I want to learn this song? Well, believe it or not, um, I started out playing on electric guitar, and um, you can't really tell because it's my style of music is nothing like what I listen to. Um, oh, okay. So, my biggest playing started from uh, System of a Down, and I've played a lot of their songs on electric guitar. Uh-huh. And then... Um, I wanted to do a heavier type of band, but I just never could find, you know, a drummer or a uh, bassist or anything like that. So I decided, well, I can do acoustic stuff without all that and at least sing. I was actually in a band before I became a solo artist, and um, it just didn't work out. Um, We were also all in high school. Yeah. Most high school bands just don't work out, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, not like they used to, that's for sure. You know, there's a lot of bands yeah. that went on that started in high school, but most of them, like you said, they just, they, they fizzle. Most of the people I talked to, they, they all did, did a band in high school where they did this project or that project, and most of them have all gone their separate ways, you know. What kind of music exactly. were you playing? What kind of music were you playing with them? I think we were trying to go for more like um, just rock, nothing mm-hmm. real different, just a little, little more rock. Had had acoustic and electric guitars. We had two guitar players. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. We had a different singer. Um, I wasn't singing. Um, I was just a guitarist. And then we had we had a drummer who would also sometimes be our bassist. And then sometimes be our drummer. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of good having interchangeable parts, though, especially when you're practicing. Because yeah. if the bass player can't make it, someone can oh, step yeah, over and play bass, so. and someone can step in and play. But when you're doing solo work, it doesn't matter because you don't need anybody to get yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, it could also be a, be a not blessing. Um, you do say you are your worst critic. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy with what I do. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, for the most part, a lot of my songs that I have released are just demo quality because I just I can't afford the software to do any of the real good stuff yet. Right. Um, I have one song which will be coming up that was recorded professionally by my uncle in Albuquerque at the time. Yeah, which song was that? Yeah. Uh, giving up, you could probably tell that that's got a lot more. It's got a lot more, quali- a lot more qualities more... to it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
Well, since you brought it up, we may as well play that, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's what the show's about. It's about you and your music and playing your music. So, Case Rick's music, Pocatello, Idaho, and the Music of America podcast, and here's his first song called Giving Up. is called giving up with chase ricks and chase ricks music we didn't really talk about what that song was about we'll do that after we talk about kitty's litter box i don't like cats okay i don't i had cats i don't like them now though maybe i'd be able to like them again kitty's litter box a new innovation to the litter box takes away a lot of what i didn't like about cats and that's mainly the litter box Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box. Open this up after Kitty has done their business for you know 30 days or so. You simply close the box and throw it away. None of the extra cleaning of the litter box, none of the power washing, none of that. You just throw the whole thing away. Kitty's Litter Box 
makes the ease of cleaning as simple as throwing it away because that's what you do. So if you love cats, you're going to love your cat even more now with Kitty's Litter Box available at kittieslitterbox.com. All lowercase, no hyphens, no spaces, just kittieslitterbox.com. It's perfect. Chase Rick's music, our guest on the Music of America podcast. And uh, usually we talk about the song. We were having some technical difficulties before we got into the song, but now that's all fixed. So let's talk again a little bit more about giving up and tell me what that song's about and what compelled you to write that. Unfortunately, I do have a family member that has fallen into addiction. Mm. And um, it's kind of about that um about that and seeing that person go through that and uh <clears throat> sometimes it just feels like they're giving up on their life and um sometimes it seems like they're doing stuff that'll definitely not just hurt themselves but you know hurt the people around them and uh i wrote that back in 2018 it was originally on a demo that i released back then um can't really find it anymore i don't really like that demo um it was the first one i ever did had no experience recording i was in albuquerque later that year and uh my uncle has a studio um so we did that and we were going to record a song and i chose that one to do and funny enough is it's in a different tuning it was recorded with an electric guitar rather than a acoustic guitar like it was originally and everything was done basically almost all in one, one take for the most part it took a single day to record one of my friends was there with me i took him to albuquerque with me we we're gonna go see a concert in phoenix and we were staying with my family in albuquerque it was a really cool experience uh feeling like i could record a song professionally yeah, no kidding <laughs> and um that was your first time it, right it was my first time uh doing it with uh, the headphones and the professional mics yeah. and a guitar hooks right up to a computer. Um, yeah, no, my uncle, he does, he has some pretty good equipment and I think he did a really good job on uh, producing it and getting it out. And then I released it next year in 2019 as a little single. Um, uh-huh. No physical copies yet. Um, it's been almost in, oh, next year it's going to be five years, so I was going to do something, maybe try and release something physically for it. Right now you can only find it on uh, streaming services. Yeah. So leading up, so here you are, you, you did your first recording, you've got this song, and then COVID hits. So how did you uh, how did you deal with the whole COVID thing? You're just you're just getting started basically in this industry, and this this plague that crippled the music industry so horribly. How did you deal with that? So funny enough, uh, my first ever show was in July of 2020. So right in the middle of it, we had to do all these regulations. People had to wear masks. We had to mm-hmm. do the social distancing thing. Um, we had to have everyone who felt sick refrain from coming in. But uh, I think the only reason why we went through with it was it was a memorial show for a friend of mine that unfortunately drowned. We had a bunch of bands come in and just raise money for his funeral costs. And that was uh, July 3rd of 2020. Wow. 
Um, yeah. And then after that, you know, basically radio silence for a while. Um, I was living in an apartment, and it was a basement apartment. And I think I just took that time to really start writing new songs. Uh, I gotta think of the release date of some of my demos. I think I released one in 2020. It's just a demo quality, like I said. Cause I, mm-hmm. I just used a bunch of apps on my phone to layer it and layer it. And I think that was my... Okay, yes. Yeah, so I released... It was called just Chase Rick's The Demos. And that one was actually before all the songs on that was written before COVID hit, a lot of them was written in 2018 and I just didn't know what to do with them yet. And with COVID, I just refined them, uh, added a song or two and released a, a 10 track demo. And those I've released on physical format, uh, very limited, very sparsely. That one you can find on um, my band camp. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's the first one you could really find, uh, the, uh, my very first demo, like I said, I wasn't proud of it, but you can still find it if you look hard enough, <laughs> <laughs> but tried to scrub that one clean. A lot of the songs from my first demo transferred to the second demo as re-recordings. But during, during COVID, did you and do that, any of the, uh, like the, what were they called the couch concert things or anything like that? The remote concerts where you're playing just to a camera? And you're not getting that feedback that you get from a live show. Did you do any of that at all? Oh, yes, actually. I did um, quite a few of those. Um, I called them virtual concerts. Yeah. Um, and I would just broadcast them onto my social medias. And this was still, technically, this was still very early into my music career, which is weird to think that it's only been three years that I've been really doing this as a, more than a hobby, more as a side job. Yeah if you could call it that. Um, I mean, it was still pretty fun. I would hook my Venmo up to it just for tips. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I'd just play play sets. One time, me and my fiance, we just tra- totally transformed our living room into like a little mini stage to do um, a virtual concert. We had... Um, we did it so there was actually other people playing at their own apartments and we just spliced it together into one cohesive concert wow yeah it was pretty fun yeah um and thankfully you know i recorded and saved all those so i have all those little virtual concerts so that when you when you make it big when you're playing at red rock somebody can pull that up and say remember when you did this (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i'll ever make it to the the Red Rock Amphitheater. That'd be fun. That'd, That'd be, be fun. fun. There's some pretty good. There are some pretty good bands that, There's some pretty that good definitely history played there. there. So the the um, next song of yours that we're going to play here is a song called Luna. Is it about the moon? Is it about the moon, or is it about somebody named Luna? It is about the moon, and it is about my guitar, which is a Luna brand guitar. Oh, so tell me that story. Right before my very first show, I realized well i don't have an electric acoustic i just have all these normal acoustic guitars so i can't really plug this in so i just went into my local shop and it's a it's gorgeous blue um guitar mm-hmm. um currently um it's actually out of commission right now because um the uh the bridge needs a re-glue it's popping up oh no uh 
Yeah. Um, it, it won't be too expensive. I'm, I just got a new job and I'm just waiting on my first check to be able to fix that up. I got someone that'll do it pretty cheap, thankfully. Cause it's, uh, if you ever look at photos, it's since my very first show, it is the only guitar that I've used at my shows. It's basically like my good luck charm. Um, I was at a festival in Boise a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was the first time that I hadn't used my Luna guitar. Um, it was a different guitar. Um, it was Yamaha, uh-huh. but um, basically, it's just a—it's a beautiful. I—I I say it's blue. It's got some green in it, but um, guitar that I just love to use, and I've realized that my muscle memory is very accustomed to the size and shape of that guitar and trying to play on other size guitars can really mess you up sometimes that's why i just don't know how these companies that you buy a guitar online how you can do that without getting that feeling the neck in your hand see how it feels you know feels exactly especially because like you said like like the muscle memory about it there's definitely you know Guitars have different size widths on their neck. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. longer frets, more frets, so you're moving your arm further out. Um, guitar size in general, maybe you're used to a larger guitar, and now you got something that feels like a ukulele in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I have, I have a starter Mexican Strat uh, Blackie, and it's... Uh, Maybe about 20% the size of a normal Strat. So I gave it to my daughter when she was oh. younger so she could, because it just, anytime I tried and pick it up, I felt like, like you said, not quite a ukulele, but pretty darn close. And you just didn't get that yeah. feel of having a full size guitar. So but I got a good deal on it. And I thought if I don't play it, then uh, let somebody else play it. And that, that way I had another electric guitar too. If somebody wanted to come over and play an electric, I, I didn't have to give up mine. You know, and I'd have a, a spare one yeah. for someone to play. So Luna is about the moon or is it about your guitar? Uh, I think I got the name Luna from the guitar, and the song is more about the moon. Okay. So we're going to listen to your Luna on your Luna, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Chase Rick's Music, our guest today, and this song is called Luna.
song called Luna, Chase Rick's Music. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, here on the Music of America podcast from Pocatello, Idaho. We're going to talk to Chase a little bit more. B. Normous Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Verhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, and that's production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Milliken, Colorado. High-end instruments and high-end tools are on hand to make you sound as good as you can to make your sound compete with every one of your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as pro as possible. So go make some records. Go make some videos. Be Normus Productions. They're on Facebook, or you can find them on their website, bnormusproductions.com. How far are you from Colorado? It's something you might want to look into as you continue to grow, Chase. Go check out uh, uh, Van, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, Colorado is about, I'd say probably at the closest, it's about five or six hours. And that's if you <laughs> are too, yeah, at the closest. Um, <laughs> probably. Now, if you're talking to, about Denver. You're probably better off going to Albuquerque to your uncle's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flying, it'd be a lot faster. Yeah. Um, driving, yeah, driving. You, know, you have to take your your gear with you, and then it just gets to be a hassle, you know. Oh yeah, oh so. yeah. <laughs> so where I've are actually, you playing? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I've actually never played out of state just yet. Yeah. Does Pocatello nope. have a good okay. local music vibe to it? There's a. There's a good little community um, amongst musicians. I don't think the public really comes out as much as they should uh-huh. to support their local music. And, you know, I can't stress this enough, and you, you most likely agree, is to support your, your local musicians. Uh, they're really, you know, they're really doing their best. It takes a lot of guts to go out and play in front of a crowd. And, you know, sometimes we just like to see you there. Right. That's what I was mentioning about the concerts during or playing music during the COVID years. You know, uh, so many of my musician yeah. friends would say just how hor- hor- 
horrible it was. And you sit there, usually when you're playing, you're playing at a, at a winery, you're playing at a club or whatever. And you got, you got that mojo going, you get that vibe going back and forth with the audience. And it, you know, if you're doing it, you're having a good night that's feeding you and then you're feeding the audience and it just builds and it's fabulous. When you're doing these shows and somebody's watching on a camera at home or watching on TV or watching on their computer, their phone, whatever, you get done with your song and it's like, okay, <laughs> done with that one. Now what are we going to do? Okay. <laughs> you know? I, I agree. I mean, the only people that you're really playing to outside of that is maybe the person that helped you set up the camera and stuff or who you're living with and yeah. they've heard you play over and over and over and over <laughs> hearing you practice over and over <laughs> so uh, as a songwriter do you consider yourself more of a songwriter or more of a performer i think i'm more of a songwriter than a performer um for the longest time i would just say i'm live and awkward i my friends disagree but i sometimes i just feel very awkward talking about things if you can tell, I'm not used to doing interviews. That you're, I think, my second real interview. Yeah, ever. I was going to say that's it's not a good thing to go on a podcast if you're not good at talking to people. You know, but you need that. Uh, think, yeah, you need that been... feedback, that live feedback from that you get from a performance. Are you satisfied when somebody says, "I really like what you said in that song"? Where do you get your juice from? More, more from that live feedback, or somebody commenting on the lyrics of your song? I'll tell you this, um, a couple songs that I've recently written, and this has never happened to me until recently, but when someone comes up to you and tells you um, how much that song and its lyrics mean to you is really nice, or tells you how like maybe your song has like moved someone, um, that really, really means a lot. Um, Crowd participation can be fun, but hearing how much your stuff is like meant to someone really, for me, because that's, I think it means a lot to me because I can empathize with that. Uh, music for me, it's it's really nice to, you know, to know that your music has helped someone or moved somebody in a way. What do you like to write more? Like I said earlier, your, your music does sound pretty dark. Uh, do you like writing <laughs> from that space? Have you written other stuff? Have you written like a ballad or love songs? Or you've said you've got a fiance. Have you written songs for her? I have. She hates it when I play it in front of other people. It's more of a, she, I think she likes it as a song just between me and her. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> um, I've also written uh a single fast-paced song, basically, and it is less than one minute long. Oh. <laughs> um, comparatively, all my other songs are roughly five minutes long. I, yeah. I write long songs, is what I've noticed. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to write a ballad. Um, I'm not exactly sure to what what about. Um, I think music is very therapeutic for me, and I write about life experiences that I've had, or it helps me. Uh, process stuff that's happened in my life i was going to make this connection earlier i'm going to make it now you said you've been to albuquerque and albuquerque new mexico that's also where area 51 is right yes and and the last song we're going to play from you is a song called alien so is that a coincidence that you're that close to area 51 <laughs> <laughs> um you never know i'm an alien 
Lost so, in the world unknown. Maybe that's where I'm from. You, so you know you're not of this planet, but you don't know where you're from. Is that what I'm getting here? Nah, it's more of just feeling left out. The, uh-huh. In reality, the song is more feeling alienated. Right. Um, but I, I kind of use it more as a... Um, it's okay to be an alien. It's okay to feel this way. Basically about... I wrote it when I was in high school. Um, I was actually in a guitar class and as your final for the guitar class, you had to write a song and I was in that guitar class so many times. So I've actually written a few songs that have come from that class and my senior year, um, is where alien came from. And I believe on the recording it's in drop C tuning, but nowadays I play it in just E standard. Okay. You like to mess around with um, alternate tunings. There's another song you mentioned. I, that you did. Uh, yes. Um, tunings. Almost every single one of my songs uses a capo as well, set to various uh, frets. Um, I've played as low as drop C, and I've played as far up as a capo on the seventh or ninth fret. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're almost in ukulele. Oh, you know, I was going to say, you're almost in ukulele tone territory again. <laughs> Which is funny, because I do have a ukulele version of one of my songs. That's um, fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is very much so fun. Um, <laughs> but back back to the alien dealio. Um, if, um, I guess I can get more into it about my shameless self-promotion, but that's where most of my uh, merchandise also stems from is a little alien guy that I drew supposed to be me as an alien. Oh, funny. Well, let's talk about that on the other side of the song and we'll play the song right now. How about that? Okay. Sounds good. From Pocatello, Idaho, Chase Rick's music. And the song is called alien. Say I will 
alien with Chase Rick's music. <laughs> I had to do that. Just I had to try it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's oh, Chase dude, Rick's. it's fun. It really is. So uh, Chase Rick's music, that song was called Alien. Chase, this is the part of the show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is where we talk about your alien fellow and any merch that you sell, how we can find your music, how we can help support you as a musician. Uh, just talk to me about where we can find everything and support you. Well, thankfully, I can talk about a lot of uh, a lot of my websites. Like, uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, Chase Ricks Dash Music is my f- Facebook page. Um, thankfully, a lot of my stuff you can just find as Chase Ricks Music, all in word. Um, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter all that um but if you if you're having a hard you know if people have a hard time remembering all those type of things i do have a link tree that literally has everything you can find that it's a uh, link tree uh slash chase ricks music Bandcamp has all my demos as well as my normal singles and my uh, i have live albums do you really um huh. i do i have two uh, live albums recorded at this place called the boise hive in boise idaho and it's a uh, it's, it's a nonprofit uh, mental health um, place, and they do live shows, and they, they they have it all professionally recorded. They live stream it, and then they give you the recordings, and you're allowed to do whatever you want with it as long as they're allowed to do whatever they want with it, which is totally fine by me. And so I released two live albums, one last year, and I just released one this year. And those you can find on my Spotify on my Apple Music, there's they are sounds on TikTok, which has been a problem because when I try to show those songs live, I get muted because it's copyrighted music when it's my music. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's, that's we odd. have this in our database. Yeah, we have this in our database uh, because it's now professionally out there, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's me. It's my, I that's mean, my you can song. see on the video, that's me. Yeah, that's me playing. <laughs> um, and uh, again, those are all on Linktree. Bandcamp's where you can find my merchandise. Um, mainly, uh, I have a white t-shirt with little alien guy on it. Um, I also have a black t-shirt that has a pocket print of another alien guy I drew with my name on the back. Um, they're only yeah. about 20 bucks a piece. Uh-huh. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's a... It's, it's fun. It's funny hearing your friends tell you, oh, hey, um, I saw someone on their bike the other day wearing one of your shirts. Weirdly enough, I uh, with my t-shirts, I'm in uh, the the music group that I like. The, the genre of music I find myself playing live shows with is, believe it or not, punk and metal shows. They've really taken me under their wing, and uh-huh. I usually open up for them. But uh, the lead singers of these two... Um, fabulous bands that i am really good friends with just wear they'll wear my shirt while playing their heavy metal songs you just see this little cute alien guy on their on their t-shirts while they're death growling (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious just such a contrast you know you get this little alien guy yeah (laughs) it's fun (laughs) oh they're so supportive though they're they're good friends are uh, you playing out do you have cds coming out do you have new music coming out what uh what else what else is going on with you um i've written new songs i've played them live and i am currently i've gotten the instrumentation on them written i just Mm -hmm. gotta go back and record vocals 
Luna is actually an official single that you can find on Spotify. Um, Alien is a, a demo song. Uh, it's not out yet, but I put it on there because I feel like it's a very special song for me. Um, and Giving Up is also a single. Um, I got one coming out eventually. I, I can't give a date because I don't know when I'm going to have time. I work mm -hmm. graveyard shifts now. <laughs> With that schedule, though, it's been nice because my shows I play around late anyways. and I, I'd rather be able to be up for my shows because I get Fridays and every other Saturday off. Oh, that's perfect for you. So, I mean, it is amazing. And um, back to what I was originally saying, I do have a song coming out. I'm not exactly sure when. But uh, it's called Obsessive and Compulsive. I was recently diagnosed with um, OCD, and it's a song about that and how it's not really a quirk that people think it is. It's an actual mental disorder that causes pretty bad, pretty bad feelings. It's not yeah. a fun time. It's not a quirk. <laughs> and that's, that's the main one. That's the song that I chose to close out my shows. Um, Alien used to be my closer, but this one... It's different. It gets my music styles changed quite a bit since I've started, and uh -huh. it's cool to see the different styles when you play a set. Which my typical set list is around uh, forty-five minutes long. Which with your music is about three songs, right? If I'm lucky, just kidding. <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> well, no, you said you write long songs, but that—that's just being silly. There, it's—it's it's been fun. And uh, I hope you come back on the show uh, in one of the seasons to come after you, you've got some more music under your belt, have some experience out there doing stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get you before you get that Red Rocks concert. What do you think? I would love it. Thank you so much, Tom, very much. Uh, thank you. Thanks for being with us. It's been a pleasure us. for me, too. Great. Yes, thank of course. All right. Well, thank you. From Pot <laughs> I almost said Portobello again. From Pocatello, <laughs> Idaho. Chase Rick's music. And up next, we're going to Meridian, Idaho, Bob Houghton, Bob Houghton Music. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.